Pastor Chuk Sogoye is the senior pastor of Resurrection Life Church Johannesburg. Pastor Chooks is a passionate teacher and preacher of the Word of God. He has been blessed by God with the uncanny ability and gift to explain and unpack deep and complex spiritual truths in very easy to understand and apply formats. He is the host of the radio broadcast programs Living the Life and Amazing Power of Woman. Over the years, Pastor Chooks has been actively involved in marketplace ministries. He is an entrepreneur and business consultant with an avid passion for raising other entrepreneurs and business leaders. Here is Pastor Chooks Ogoye. Hi, good evening, uh, brothers and sisters, ladies and gentlemen. Um, welcome to episode two of our new study series, Understanding the Goodness of God. Uh, we started a new series yesterday, and I'm so grateful to God for the opportunity to bring God's Word to us uh, while we are still uh, surviving the lockdown. It's been uh, 20 what, 26 days or 27 days now uh, that we've been on the lockdown, and we are on our second series of studies. I want us to, tonight, before we get into God's Word, to take an opportunity to just pray over South Africa and pray for our president and for his cabinet to make the right decisions even at this time. So can we pray together? Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for our leader uh, who is leading in a difficult time even in this season. Thank you for all the advisors and all the people who work with him. And Lord, we lift up South Africa and lift up our president at this time. Lord, we pray in the name of Jesus that they will make decisions that will turn out well according to your purposes for this country. I pray now in the name of Jesus for wisdom to come from above, for counsel to come from above, that you will show them the way to navigate. All the wise men and women who advise the, the president, Lord, that your wisdom will come through them. We refuse satanic and demonic um, interference that will cause decisions to be made that will nosedive the nation, but decisions that will be made that will take the nation upward, that will preserve the lives and the economy and the livelihood of the peoples of our nation. We pray this now in the name of Jesus and we receive grace and we receive strength and we receive capacity for the president even at such a time as this. We pray for him for physical and health wholeness, that he will be safe, he will be sound in health, even in the midst of what he needs to deal with. And all the people who are working, the people on the task force and, and the committee um, that is working against the, the COVID-19, I pray now in the name of Jesus that you will strengthen everyone, that they will make decisions that are right by you in the name of Jesus. I pray, oh God, for all the doctors and nurses and all the healthcare professionals who are working in all the hospitals at this time taking care of the sick. I pray for their safety. I pray for their preservation. I pray in the name of Jesus that you will keep them and you will preserve them. Thank you for all the people of the country who are now, you know, sitting at home in the, into the fourth week right now. I pray in the name of Jesus that you will strengthen and encourage your people that in these seasons of, of being holed down in the house that we will be able to uh, make the best use of the time 
in the mighty name of Jesus. We stand against this virus once again. We come against this virus and declare that the rampage and the ravaging of this virus stops in its tracks in Jesus' mighty name. And Lord, we thank you for, for everybody who is already infected that they recover. We, we, we cut down the mortality from this virus. We declare that everyone who is sick recovers and recovers quickly in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. All right. We are on a journey to study the goodness of God. We are on a series of Bible study called Understanding the Goodness of God. Understanding the Goodness of God. And today is episode number two. I want to deal with something that, you know, when we talk about the goodness of God, that many people are confused about. Now, we established something yesterday that Jesus is the face of God. Jesus is the visible expression of God. And when we want to understand how God thinks, how, how God will judge any situation, we look at Jesus. We, we study Jesus. We see Jesus' response to anything and then we understand it. So when we want to understand how God will treat any situation, we look at Jesus. He is the model. He is God made visible. He is the express image of God. So his heart, his actions, his words will reflect exactly what the Father would say, will think, and will do. That's, that's it. So, so we want to look at Jesus today and understand the Father's reaction to sin. The Father's posture to sin. Because if we're talking about the goodness of God, we need to understand how, God, how good God is even when sin is concerned. Sin is, is man showcasing the worst that he can be. That's what sin is. Sin is man sh showcasing how much he can be separated from God. That's sin. How does God deal with that? How does God treat sin? How does God react to sin? And that's what we want to deal with today. And I do have, uh, a, I think, three passages to examine. All right. The first one is John chapter 8. I will not read the whole story um, in all the three passages, so I will choose and, and, and pick and explain. So in John chapter 8, we have the story of a woman. Uh, I read from verse 2. Let me read this one. I will see what I do with the other ones. John chapter 8, verse 2. It says, Now early in the morning, he came again into the temple, and all the people came to him, and he sat down and taught them. Then the scribes and the Pharisees brought to him a woman caught in adultery. Now that's a woman caught in sin. Right there. And when they had set her in the midst, they said to him, Teacher, this woman was caught in, the, in adultery in the very act. Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned. What do you say? They were quoting Leviticus chapter 20 verse 10. They said, what do you say? Moses said we should stone her. What do you say? In other words, what's, what's your opinion about her sin? What's your opinion about what she has done? What do you say? This they said, testing him, that they might have something of which to accuse him. So, so they came with an emotive of accusation. They wanted to accuse him. 
But Jesus stooped down and wrote on the floor or on the ground with his finger as though he did not hear. So Jesus turned a deaf ear to that accusation that was coming from them. Uh-huh. And then when they continued pestering him, when they continued asking him, he raised himself up and said to them, He who is without sin among you, let him throw a stone at far first. And again, he stooped down and continued to write on the ground. Verse 9, Then they, those who heard it, being convicted by their conscience, went out one by one, beginning with the oldest, even to the last. And the woman was, and Jesus was left alone, and the woman standing in the midst. Verse 10, When Jesus had raised himself up and saw no one but the woman, he said to her, Woman, where are those accusers of yours? Has no one condemned you? She said, No one, Lord. And Jesus said to her, Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Then Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. All right. This is one example, I, I have two more, of Jesus dealing with sin. How Jesus deals with sin, how does the goodness of God play out in the midst of the badness of man? How does the goodness of God behave or react towards the badness of man. That's what we want to deal with today. How does God treat our sin? How, how, how does God respond to sin? Now, many people have very little understanding of God's posture towards sin. Some people feel that sin um, God does not do well with sin. Now understand this. God is a three times holy God. Three times. God does not love sin. God does not condone sin. But this is what many people don't get. God loves man so much that he dealt with the sin of man even before man could sin. For every one of us, the Bible says, while we're yet in our sin, Christ died for us. In fact, before Adam sinned, Christ died. So God dealt with this issue of sin because the Bible says that Jesus is the Lamb of God that was slain from the foundation of the earth. He was slain. He was, he, was, he was crucified before even man was born. Man was created in the garden. So, let's put it out there. God hates sin. He didn't just hate sin. God dealt with the sin question in Christ. So, he dealt with the sin question in Christ. 
The reason why Jesus came was to manifest what God had already done in eternity. To manifest it in time so that man can benefit from it in time. Because sin was committed in time. The sin of man was committed in time. So God had already dealt with it in eternity. Jesus had to come in time to manifest God's judgment and God's penalty on sin. So, here they bring this woman to Jesus. Obviously, they had heard Jesus teach some things around sin that they, they suspected his posture and they wanted to trap him because they were going to use the legality of the law of Moses to hold him and trap him. So, Bible said they came looking for something to accuse him. They wanted to grab him and arrest him and say, no, you broke the law of Moses. Now you are saying something. So apparently they have heard something about his posture around sin and they are wanting to trap him. So they brought this woman caught in the very act of adultery. Now, you know, the, this is a topic for another day. In the very act of adultery, there were two of them. One person does not commit adultery. They let the man escape. And they found the woman and dragged her and brought her. They say she was caught in the very act. And they dragged her and brought her to Jesus. So, one of the things that I want to bring out here is that the accusation on our sin does not come from God. The accusation comes from the enemy. You know, isn't it interesting that the enemy is the one who tempts you to sin? God does not tempt us to sin. For people who don't understand this, the Bible says God is not tempted, does not, does not tempt anyone to sin. God does not tempt us to sin. So all temptation comes from the enemy. And the enemy tempts you to sin. And when you fall for the sin, the enemy turns around and accuses you. He fought, come, turns around and holds you to, to ransom for what it is that he pushed you to do. And when you yield to him, he comes around and accuses you and lays condemnation on you. God does not lay condemnation. The Holy Spirit does not condemn anybody. So, so this woman is under heavy condemnation right here. And they wanted to extend that condemnation to Jesus so that they can hold him. Isn't it interesting how the enemy can, can cause you to fall and they want to cause everybody around you to fall with you. That's that what the devil does. He pulls you down and he wants to get you to pull everybody around you down. That devil is a liar. So here is this woman brought to Jesus. And they are standing waiting to hear what Jesus is going to say. And the Bible said Jesus acted like he did not hear them. Now, let me pull something there. Every time the enemy accuses us, God does not participate in the accusation. In fact, God turns a deaf ear to the accusation. You know, if you don't understand this, you will think that God is the one who is accusing you. No, God does not accuse you. God does not keep on condemning you. The Bible says there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So he does not condemn you, believer, for whatever. God, God's posture is not to reign condemnation. He doesn't do it. There, there is someone who it is their ministry. The Bible says is the devil is the accuser of the brethren. He's the accuser. He has to have a basis to accuse and keep on 
yapping and talking and then you use people you use human beings this is the reason why you've got to be careful not to join the accusation ministry of the devil if you are constantly looking for something that somebody did you are looking for a, a, a an accusation to level don't join the devil in that ministry is the ministry that is reserved for satan and satan alone at the accusation of the brethren don't join it so they, these people are working with the devil it's clear that they were working with the devil and they were wanting to all right this woman is condemned now there's a death penalty hanging on her head they also wanted to rope jesus in because if jesus says ah no don't condemn her they will also grab jesus so jesus knew the trap and jesus began to write on the floor i pray tonight in the name of jesus whatever trap that the enemy has set against your life is hereby cancelled in jesus name Whatever trap that he has said to be able to trap you and pull you down. and No, no, no. I cancel it in the name of Jesus. No trap that is set for you will catch you in the name of Jesus. You will escape like a bear that escapes from the snare in the name of Jesus. The wisdom of God came to Jesus not to fall for that trap. So Jesus bent down and began to write on the floor. And he's writing on the floor and they continued pestering him. Say something. Say something. Say something. After a while, Jesus couldn't take the accusation. So he lifted up himself from the ground and said to them, quietly but firmly, whichever of you, the law of Moses says you must stone this man. Whichever of you who have never sinned, whose hands are completely clean, please let him lift up the first stone and throw this woman. Any of you. And the Bible said the moment he said that, the moment Jesus said that, their conscience held them. Because all of them, from the oldest to the youngest, knew that their hands are not 100% clean. They, they know. They had sinned here, they sinned there, something, and God did not kill them. The penalty for their sins were not leveled against them. So what is it that they are now coming to level the, 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 the penalty of someone else's sin. Isn't it interesting how people can accuse you and want to kill you for the wrong that you have done. Meanwhile, their hands are not 100% clean. So, so this is how Jesus threw the ball back at them. He that has not seen cast the first stone. And then he bent down and continued writing. We don't know what he was writing on the floor. But he kept on he bent down. He was not looking up. He was just there, bent on the floor and writing. And writing. And the Bible says, starting from the oldest, one by one, they began to drop the stones and walk away. Began to drop the stones and walk away until all of them had walked away. So Jesus, after a while, noticed that there was no more noise, there was nobody there. So he lifted up and saw the woman alone and said to the woman, Where are your accusers? Where are your accusers? He says, They have all gone. And then Jesus turned to her to her say, well, <laughs> neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. What is God's posture towards sin? Neither do I condemn you. God does not condemn you for the wrong, for the mistake that you have made. God forgives. Not only that God forgives. Number two, he is involved in trying to help you solve the, prom, the problem of the consequences of your sin. Sin has consequences. 
God's posture towards you, his child, is to get you out of the consequences of the mistake that you have made. So he is constantly on that side trying to do damage control. You will suffer the consequences of your sin when you reject the help that God is sending to you. So for some of us, he's saying, repent. He said to this woman, go and sin no more. In other words, repent. Turn away from this sin. Don't go back to it. Go and sin no more. Repent. Change your mind regarding this thing. Go and sin no more. Repent. So when, when God is trying to help you, you made a bad decision. And he's trying to release you from your bad decision. You need to be humble enough. It takes humility to repent. You need to be humble enough to say, I have done wrong and I changed my mind. For some of us, it may require you going to apologize. For some of us, it may require you to severe some ties. For some of us, it may require you to return what you stole. For some of us, it may, it may be some act of restitution. Go and sin no more. Now, when God is giving you an opportunity to change and to shift from, from your sin, and you don't yield to it, then you will have to deal with the consequence of sin, which does not come from God. The consequence of sin comes from the, what, the law that is set. God is able to release you from the consequence of sin. It doesn't matter what it is. If you repent. I have a friend who, who went to jail. I met him after he came out from jail. I think he killed two people or so and he was jailed. And the way the matter was that he was put on a, what do you call it? Um, um, when they're going to kill somebody. Death penalty. He was going to be executed for what he did. And he was in jail. And usually, death penalties are not executed immediately. They allow you in jail for a, a couple of years before they eventually execute. While he was there in prison, he got born again. And he received Jesus as his Lord and personal Savior and made a total transformation turnaround and began to pray. Somewhere, somehow, someone shared with him the mystery of this message that I'm preaching today that God deals with the consequence of your sin. The consequence of the sin he committed is that he was going to die. He was on death sentence. That's what I'm looking for. He began to pray. He began to reach out to God and say, I receive forgiveness for this sin. I receive your mercy in this situation. Listen, this is the, the true nature of the Father that we serve. He's so good that he's merciful. The Bible says his mercy triumphs over judgment. His mercy triumphs over judgment. God would rather show mercy than execute judgment. God would rather show mercy than rain down sentence. That's the God we serve. You need to understand the goodness of the heart of God. And this brother began to pray and began to pray. One day, by the time he had done six years or so, one day, he hears a a, a, you know, they come to his room, the prison authorities come to his room and say to him that you have been released on parole. He says, how? From where? He said, they said that the governor of the state has granted him state pardon. This is somebody who is going to be killed. And he was released. He did his parole for a few months and then he was discharged. Life sentence, I mean, death sentence commuted completely. How God did it, we, he, till today he doesn't know how the governor decided to grant it unto him. 
And we don't know who made the recommendation. He doesn't know how it happened. But that's the God we serve. In other words, the point I'm making here is God is involved in trying to help deal with the consequence of your mistake. He is not on the side of the enemy to rain down judgment. He will rather show mercy than rain down judgment. That if you understand that about the heart of God, you will accept his mercy. You will reach out for his mercy by faith. You may have done something. Listen, sin has consequences. And we're not denying it. But those consequences are not executed by God. There are consequences. You break a law, there are consequences for it. There's judgment. And, and God is on the side of the mercy to release you from the consequences of your mistake. What was the consequence of this woman's sin? She was going to be killed. Death sentence. There's the law of Moses in Leviticus chapter 20 verse 10 said they must stone her to death. But what did Jesus do here? Jesus released her from the consequence of her sin. Can I say to you tonight that God is wanting to release you from the consequence of your sin. In the midst of, listen, the goodness of God, his goodness overwhelms your badness that not only that he wants to release you from your badness, he also wants to release you from the consequence of your badness. That's how good his, his goodness is. He's so good. He's so good. I don't care whatever mistake that you have made. I don't care how bad the consequences are. You may have you have ruined your life, ruined your marriage, ruined your business, ruined everything. Listen, I don't care how bad it is. God is willing to step in in that situation and help save you from the consequences of your error. It calls for you to repent. It calls for you to change your mind. It calls for you to side with God. Don't fight God. Side with God. Don't fight God. Side with God. He is wanting to help you re, um, 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 pick up that marriage. Pick up that business. Pick up that relationship and save you from the consequence you have done terribly bad and you deserve what you are getting. But God wants to release you from it. Why? Because Jesus died for that sin. Jesus already paid for that sin. And he needs you to receive the payment that he made by faith. So what Jesus was extending to this woman was payment for the sin that she committed by faith before even he went to the cross. Why? Because it's already been done in eternity. So it was a credit that was being extended to this woman. That's the, how awesome the mercy of God is. That's how awesome the goodness of God is. God released this woman and she went. And not only that she went, the Bible says, Jesus said to her, go and sin no more. In other words, there was an impartation of strength and grace to rise above sin. There was an impartation of grace and strength to rise above sin. Listen, when God releases you from the consequence of your sin, he also gives you grace to rise above it. You will not sin anymore. You will not continue in the sin. Because God does not condone for you to continue in sin. So that's why it's ridiculous when people say, I, you know, that the grace empowers them to sin. No, it cannot be grace. The grace of God releases us from sin. The grace of God delivers us from sin. Not empower us to sin. He releases us from it. The goodness of God leads to repentance. When we understand this, the Bible says in Romans chapter, chapter 2 verse 4, the goodness of God leads to repentance. When we consider the goodness of God, it leads us to repent. So you want to repent from your sin and, and, and be free from it. Let me give you one more scripture. John chapter 5. John chapter 5. I don't know if I can get to Luke chapter 5. But John chapter 5, 
There's a guy who had been sick sitting at the pool for 38 years. The Bible says an angel always came once a year to stir the water and the first person to jump into the water gets healed. This man was paralyzed. He has been sitting there for 38 years and he hadn't gotten well. Every time he wants to get to the pool, somebody goes there before him and jumps in. Jesus came by, by the Spirit of God, and came to the pool and said to the woman, what do you, you know, what do you want me to do for you and so on? And Jesus heals him. And Jesus heals this man by the pool and sets him free from the consequence of his sin. How do I know it was a sin? All right, so in verse verse uh let's say verse 12 then they asked him who is the man who said to you take up your bed and walk but the one who was healed did not know who it was for jesus had withdrawn a multitude being in that place so immediately jesus healed him jesus disappeared jesus withdrew from the place so he didn't know who it is that told him take up your bed and walk he just you know stood up and he was healed instantly and his paralysis were gone and he was going home so afterward, in verse 14, Jesus found him in the temple. So that man had gone home and gone to the temple, maybe to celebrate, maybe to give a testimony. Jesus found him in the temple. And then Jesus said to him, See, you have been made well. Sin no more, lest a worse thing come upon you. So it was this man's sin that has kept him for 38 years. I don't know who you are, but I release the power of God right now in the name of Jesus. That whatever sin that you have, you have committed that is holding you down and, and wrestling you to the floor. I speak a release right now in the name of Jesus. I don't care how long it has been. For this man, it was 38 years. And in, the power, in one moment, the power of God came through and broke the shackles and set him free. And he went home. Whatever it is that is in your body. Maybe you are sinned against your own body. Maybe you are sinned against your own soul. Maybe you are sinned against your own family. And if you are hurting from the consequence of your actions. I come in the name of Jesus Christ and I release you. You may have made mistakes that have kept you down. Tied you in one place and you are not moving forward. Tied you in the same spot. You have been there for so long. I speak to you right now in the name of Jesus. Be free. Be free. The guilt, the condemnation... The accusation of the enemy is hereby broken. Be free. Be free. You will not suffer the consequence of that sin anymore in the name of Jesus. This man realized it was Jesus. Jesus said, did you notice that Jesus did not, did not put in front of him to, to repent before he healed him. He healed him while he still you know, had the conscious, conscious, the conscious, uh, the consciousness of the sin on him, on his conscience. He still had it. And Jesus says, "See to it that you sin no more, lest a worse thing come upon you." So that was when he knew who it was that healed him, because he didn't know before. What we learn from here, Jesus released him from the consequence of his sin even before he had an opportunity to repent. Jesus released him. That's how merciful God is. The Bible says Jesus saw that he had been in this situation for so long and then decided to heal him and set him free. What am I saying to you? I don't care how bad you have been in a situation. The, the mercy of God, the goodness of God, 
If you reach out for the goodness of God right now, the goodness of God is coming in to set you free and release you. Release you from what it is that the enemy has used to tie you and you have been stagnant and stuck in a place and you'll not be moving forward. Understand this. The goodness of God is on, is on your side. The goodness of God wants to help you. The goodness of God wants to release you. So I'm speaking tonight for somebody. You've done something that has stolen time from you. You've made bad decisions that have kept you in a situation for as long as 38 years. I don't know how long. The goodness of God can release you and will release you. And it's releasing you now in the name of Jesus. It's releasing you, setting you free. That's the goodness of the God we serve. I have to stop at this time because I, and I run out of time. But understand this. The goodness of God is so big that your badness is nothing to the goodness of God. The goodness of God will overwhelm your badness. That's the God we serve. Mercy always triumphs over judgment. Mercy God is so merciful. If you reach out to him tonight, I don't care how bad it is. We made decisions that you lost money and you don't know how you're going to start again. God's goodness is coming into that situation to help you start again. You may have made mistakes that cost you relationship, cost you marriage, cost you stuff. You can repent today and trust God for restoration. And God can give you and will give you. He wants to help you. Hear the voice of the Spirit of God now. He wants to help you and restore the things that the enemy has stolen from you because of your mistakes. The, the, the loophole Satan used to come into your life to try to mess things up. God wants to cover that loophole and release you from the consequences of your mistake. That's the mercy of God. The goodness of God releases us from the consequences of our error. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for everyone who is listening. I pray for everyone who is watching. I pray for everyone under the sound of my voice. Who has made mistakes. Who has been trapped or tripped. And the enemy had held them in a spot by the mistake they made. Lord, today in the name of Jesus, as they reach out to you, I pray your mercy comes through. You are the same yesterday, today, and forever. You are the same who, who healed this man for, who was down for 38 years. You are the same who forgave that woman who was going to face imminent assassination. But Lord, you set them free. I say today, freedom has come to somebody who is listening. Freedom has come to somebody who is receiving right now. You, the way you set them free in, in your word, you are setting him or her free now. In the name of Jesus, I break the shackles of sickness. I break the shackles of, of, of ill health. Whatever, whatever loophole the enemy is using to hold them ransom for whatever it is that they did. They wrecked their body by bad habits and bad decisions and bad lifestyle. Today I speak healing to their bodies now. In the name of Jesus, healing to their bodies now. Every cell in their body is healed in the name of Jesus. Their marriages were wrecked. Their business were wrecked. I speak healing. I speak restoration. Your goodness overflows. They lost time because of bad decisions. I speak healing and restoration of lost time in the name of Jesus. Thank you for answering us in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. I'm done for tonight. There is a number on the screen. That's a number to reach out to us. If you want more prayers, you want counsel, you want to ask questions, you can reach us on the number on the screen. The number is plus 27 8 Plus 27 8 
please, it's a WhatsApp number, send us a WhatsApp message from that number and reach out to get help. We are here to help you. We are here to answer the questions. If you do have any questions, you want special prayer, you, you need counsel, reach out to us on that number. God bless you. We will be on again tomorrow for episode number three. It gets better. It gets really better as we, as we move along. I, I want to encourage you. Help us set up a watch party. Help us to spread the news, spread the flyer, send to your friends everywhere, and let them know of, of this teaching, understanding the goodness of God. We are on a journey, and we trust God that revelation and help will come. The power of God will come. If God has done something to in your body and you feel something, you know, healing, send us a message. Let us know. Share the testimony of what God has done. Like this man went and shared the testimony of what God has done for him. Share the testimony of what God has done to you, for you. And we'll see you tomorrow, same time, 7 p.m. South African time. God bless you. Good night. There comes a time in your life when you need a change, an upgrade. You need upliftment. You need lasting results. You just want your life to be real. You need your life to be meaningful, deep, full, purposeful and easy. You're looking for enlargement, amplification, increase, strengthening. You're looking for growth in your life. You want leverage, strategic advantage, gain and favor, ability to influence, clout and strength. Join us at Resurrection Life Church every Sunday. Visit our website .reslife.org.za for more information. Make this year your year of being real. Embrace rapid enlargement and leverage. It is your time.